You see, in this world, there's two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns, and those who dig. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the 3D Fantasy Football Podcast with your hosts, David DiPietro, Daniel Lonergan, and Dylan Pereira. Welcome back to another episode of the 3D Fantasy Football Podcast. It's week seven, eight. We're going, we're going into week, to week seven. seven. <laughs> Can't remember what episode we're on, but you're here. You're listening to us. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're gonna have a short one for you today. Hopefully, we'll see where it goes. But uh, we're gonna. Having said that, now it'll go. It'll be <laughs> our longest episode ever. Longest episode ever. But we're gonna recap last week and. We have a few things we want to talk about, but we're also going to get into the good, the bad, and the ugly. Most requested segment, would you say? Oh, of course, by far. By far. By far the most requested. Yeah. Um, So without further ado, let's just get in. David, you want to kick us off? Yeah, let's talk about uh, what's going on in Kansas City. We're calling it a crisis. I don't know if we can go that far yet, but it's not looking so good. When you talk about who... Patriots' biggest competitors are in the AFC. You start thinking about Kansas City, but these last couple of weeks have us questioning some things. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, they lost two in a row. Now, uh, the Colts, I think, was a bit more surprising. The Texans game, I think at the beginning of the season, everybody anticipated, okay, that might be a, a tricky or a challenging one, or at least a good competitive game, which it was, uh, with the Texans coming out on top and that offense really kind of starting to gel. But it leads to question, is Patrick Mahomes hiding some type of injury. Oh, He doesn't look quite as nimble as he normally does in the pocket. There haven't really been many reports about it, um, but it's looking a little uncomfortable, or it could just be that their O-line isn't performing, uh, which has then also hampered their ground game. He did get Tyreek Hill back this week, had a really nice touchdown uh, connection with him. That should likely help them improve the deep pass. Um, but I think there's the concern there is in that run game, which just has not been able to figure itself out. Uh, last week, going back to the tandem of, of Williams and McCoy, neither really having kind of an amazing output, certainly question marks around both of those. They have another two running backs that are now, again, barely seeing uh, the field. Darwin Thompson has basically been eliminated from this offense completely. I think the original hype around Darwin Thompson is over. I think you're safe to send Darwin Thompson packing, uh, except maybe in like the deepest of dynasty leagues where maybe you're keeping him for next season. Um, but the rest of the offense, I, I'm I'm fine with. I think still confident enough. You're not you're not going to start benching Mahomes. You're not going to take Kelsey out of your lineup. You're going to roll out Hill. The other wide receivers could start to pose question marks. So. We've got Sammy Watkins, who's been nagged by an injury the last couple weeks, has not played. Uh, McCall Hardman and Demarcus Robinson, whose name I constantly butcher. Uh, Demarcus. They And then, you know, Byron Pringle two weeks ago, they seem to be just one of them is going to get something one week, but the rest get nothing. And there's really no rhyme or reason to who that, I guess, third option is now behind Hill and Kelsey from a consistent fantasy perspective, are either of you confident rolling out any of those wideouts or do you do it just because of what this offense should be? Yeah, I'm I'm not pressing the panic button quite yet on the Chiefs. 
I think, as you mentioned, the, the Colts one was a little bit more surprising, but the Colts are a lot better than people think. Uh, mm-hmm. And the Texans, I think that was a good battle, and I, I think the Texans are, are right up in that conversation as well. I would still continue to feel confident rolling out anybody in Kansas City's offense, just knowing what they can produce. And I think that Rolodex of wide receivers that are taking turns right now, kind of stepping up, I, I have full faith that at least one of them will be able to break out one week. Uh, and as you said, rolling out Kelsey Hill uh, and Mahomes is, is always a good option. And I'm not even that low on Williams and McCoy quite yet. Um, I think Williams I'm, I'm, I feel a little bit better about. Yeah, but that O-line hasn't looked great lately. I mean, I agree with you up until the running back scenario. It's hard to, as a McCoy owner, it's hard to say if you want to start him or not. It is a boomer bust scenario with him, but also that timeshare, it's not, there's no variable that can tell you, yes, no. play McCoy this week or play Williams this week. Yeah, because it's not even one of those game script kind of things. You look at maybe the, the split in Denver between Freeman and Lindsay. Mm-hmm. There are certain games where you can anticipate that Lindsay will be more involved in the passing game because Denver will likely be playing from behind. With Kansas City, yeah, no, I don't think you can say that. And I think the comments from Andy Reid around McCoy's blocking ability not quite being where he wants it, it's another added concern of, is at any point Andy Reid going to become frustrated with LaShawn McCoy and he will not be on the field? Um it's, it's tough. Their upcoming schedule certainly does not help the situation. They get the Broncos this week and then the Packers and Minnesota after that. Uh, all very decent defenses. Green Bay's run defense is probably the lowest out of those three. Um, but secondary-wise, they all have pretty imposing defenses uh, for those additional cast members in Kansas City. I think Tyreek Hill will likely line up against uh, not Calvin Harris, but... Uh, <laughs> Not the singer. Oh, yeah, yeah. When I met you in the summer. Uh, but in Denver. <laughs> Chris Harris, maybe? Chris Harris Jr., uh, who may or may not follow Hill across the field. Uh, I think this is a game where Kelsey, he hasn't really had that explosion of a game yet this season. Wouldn't be surprised to start seeing that over the next couple weeks. Yeah, but again, back to the running back scenario. Again, in Green Bay, you have the same scenario with yeah. Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Williams outperforming Aaron Jones when they're both playing. But Aaron Jones, if he's the sole sole running back... Well, we've he's... seen that in the last two weeks. And as an Aaron Jones owner in a league, it is frustrating because you know what he can do if given full reign and opportunity. We saw that against Dallas. But he also makes mistakes, and Matt LaFleur, similar to Andy Reid, isn't afraid to take a guy off the field if he's made mistakes. So you saw Aaron Jones with the fumble and with the dropped wide-open touchdown pass. He was then off the field for the next few drives, and that allowed Jamal Williams. It's a similar situation in Kansas City. It's just it's tough. It's a constant mind game that you're playing. Speaking of dropping the ball, what about the Cowboys now? Yeah, three straight losses after opening the season with three straight wins. Um it's interesting. It's interesting to watch. They they haven't really gotten... They've had flashes. I mean, that Packers game was was very much Amari Cooper. He exploded in that game. But the run game, I don't know. Something just seems off with Zeke. They seem to be forcing those carries. Um, and he also hasn't been performing to the level where you drafted him, uh, kind of in that top four, depending on where he fell with kind of the preseason speculation. But, Especially with all the drama that happened preseason, right? Yeah, I mean, their, their upcoming schedule is fairly nice. They get the Eagles, then the Giants, and then the Vikings. I think this Sunday night against the Eagles is a pivotal game for both of these clubs, uh, both at 3-3, three and three, tied for that division lead. 
um, and Doug Peterson already coming out and kind of guaranteeing a win over the Cowboys. The uh, guarantee. But the Eagles secondary is atrocious. Uh, Amari Cooper is banged up. He is nursing a thigh bruise or contusion, as the world of sports likes to put a fancy word on, on bruise. So will Cobb uh, be taking his place? Or? Well, that's the thing. So Cobb is also banged up, didn't play this past week, uh, coming back from, from his injury. He practiced last week, so there's there's at least hope. I think you got to monitor the report this week. I, at this point, again, not seeing any kind of practice reports yet, I don't expect Amari Cooper to play uh, because he was banged up coming into that game. He played one snap, re-aggravated it, and was hurt. I wouldn't be surprised if he's out. If he is out, I think Michael Gallup becomes the number one in that offense. Cobb and, becomes the number two. Well, it's between him and Tavon Austin, um, and I think it depends on Cobb's injury status, but I like... Again, against the Philadelphia secondary that was just lit up by Stephon Diggs, I like I like Tavon Austin's explosiveness more than Cobb's kind of under short route uh, options that he will be. And I think if Dallas does need to get airing that ball out, it's going to be Gallup and Austin that benefit from that. Uh, Philadelphia's run defense is very good, so I don't know how much success they will find if they try to continually pound that ball uh, up the middle with Zeke. The other situation in the league that is also mildly concerning is the recoiling of the L.A. Rams. But we, we had this uh, set up before that big trade happened last night. Yes, yes. So Jalen Ramsey. The new Rams. Jalen Ramsey e. traded late last night for a pair of first-round picks and a fourth-round pick uh, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. To That's a bolster, high price tag. it is holy it for is. a cornerback. Yeah, I wouldn't give that. Well, up for he's a the best cornerback in the yeah. league. So that attitude was. Hey, um, which is fine. Okay, so it it helps address maybe some defensive challenges. Akib Talib they placed on IR, and then they promptly went and made that trade with the Baltimore Ravens to ship off Marcus Peters. And I think when that was happening, people were like, "What the heck is going on?" Then they go and say, "Okay, well, we're actually bringing in Jalen Ramsey." Mm-hmm. So the defense, okay, yes, upgrade, um, especially in the secondary, it doesn't address the issues they're having on offense. That O-line is banged up. They're not performing. Gurley is not playing. Um, and not for the original reason that everybody thought coming into this season. He's banged up with different injuries. Goff has just looked uncomfortable um, to the point where I don't know. Are you? They have a very favorable matchup this week against Atlanta are you starting Jared Goff I'm I don't like Goff I've never thought that Goff was a good quarterback I think he's shown flashes but for the most part I just think he always looks super uncertain he always looks very uncomfortable in the pocket he's a slow quarterback he doesn't really move with a lot of speed he's got weapons which have helped him in the last couple of years but now those weapons are kind of underperforming as well and we talked about that Cooks Woods Cup situation but none of them are really surpassing any of the expectations or or cup i think a little bit earlier in the year was Cup's coming out as that number one in, yeah in fantasy but, but that cooks woods discussion they're both hovering around like that 10 point range which is nothing to really write home about well i think it comes back to because they can't get their ground game going mm-hmm. that it's easier for defenses to scheme against the pass having said that atlanta's secondary is atrocious they're awful they're up there with Arizona and Philadelphia as just allowing a boatload of points to quarterbacks and wide receivers. I think if if you're a Jared Goff owner, if 
you're still hanging on, holding out hope. I think this is a week you play him. They get the Bengals again next week. So I don't know that I'm dropping Jared Goff if I own him in a deeper league or a league where there aren't better options on the wire. Um, I guess if you're debating that this week, just based on matchups, Jared Goff or Josh Allen? Josh Allen. Against the Dolphins. Yeah, I go Josh Allen too. Interesting. Okay. But I'd also say if you have Jared Goff and looking at week seven, looking at the buys, if you have a second quarterback that's on buy and you're looking for someone else, I'd say stick with Jared at this point. There's no reason to dump Jared, go get another quarterback, or kind of risk anyone else that you have on your bench for him. Um, This is a week that you play it safe. Of course, last week, San Francisco, stout defense. Like, they're here. They're here to play. That's a blip on the radar, but if you're looking at um, Jared Garf's points in a PPR, like a full-point PPR, uh, 21, 18, 28, 19. He's going to get you roughly that 20 points that any quarterback is going to want. If he's facing New England or San Francisco, you say, like, no, that's a good night call. But um, other than that, I'd say you play him depending on. Okay. I think you really got to look at the matchups a bit more with Jared Goff, and he's not just a plug-and-play quarterback. Um, the receivers, tough to bench any one of them. Uh, again, the next couple weeks, I think you light them up. And, and put them into your lineup, maybe even in a flex if you're a, a Woods owner. Uh, but the other two guys, based on where you likely drafted them, if if they're going to perform, it's going to be these next two weeks. Maybe three weeks from now when they play Pittsburgh, you reassess that situation. Um, yeah, right after by Pittsburgh, Chicago, and then Baltimore. Yeah, That's so there's, there's three matchups where I'm not a, a Rams offense fan. Yeah. Um, and, and you need to continually monitor that running back situation between Gurley or Malcolm Brown. I mean, Daryl Henderson was getting some reps in the game there, so him and Brown were kind of splitting that workload. I think most people assumed Brown was just going to run with it. <laughs> Pardon the pun. <laughs> oh, good pun. Um, but it's, yeah, it's not a great backfield situation. Another timeshare that I don't like. So that wraps up the three big storylines from last week. But it doesn't wrap up. The conversation up. I'd like to facilitate now Whoa. is debriefing your matchup. So, oh, yes, take tell me, guys, oh, how did it go? What a week it was. Went right down to the wire. Um, well, no, it, Monday night didn't even matter. I mean, I took a look at who I could have played, and in that scenario still I would have lost if I yes. substituted Malcolm Brown with... Um, this is true. You still would have lost. However, one player in particular cost you this matchup. <laughs> uh, and had they not played the way they did, you would have beaten me. So let's just... Uh, for those listening, the final score of, of the Dylan and myself matchup. I, <laughs> Dylan and myself. <laughs> Dylan and myself. I put up 165.1 to Dylan's 157.6. So How la- many guys did you have on by coming into the week? Five. So I had five players on by, all of whom were starting members of my lineup, plus two of my starters injured. Devontae Adams and Evan Ingram. And I still put up 165, which was the second highest point total in our league this week. Um, and we talked about this a couple weeks ago. What do you do when you're faced with a big buy? Yeah, week? did you go on air last week and say this was a scheduled L for you? I anticipated to walk away with a loss. No just, faith. And then however, I came back saying, you have a good chance to win still. It shows what you can do by playing the wire. And just putting out a competitive team, playing those matchups. 
I'm I'm slightly embarrassed to name my starting lineup, but however it worked. <laughs> I can do that for you. So Dan had Case Keenum, Nick Chubb, Adrian Peterson, Adam Thielen, Larry Fitzgerald. Then it gets better. Devontae Parker, P. Will, Jimmy Graham, Sneed the fourth? Is that fourth? Yeah, Will, William Sneed the fourth. Um, Joey Sly, and then the impenetrable Patriots defense. So I started two Miami Whiteouts and two Washington Redskins in this game. For me, even my backup, my second quarterback that I could have played, did. I'm glad yes. he didn't. So let's come back to my original point here, <laughs> because we talked about this last week, oh and there boy. was there was shots fired, uh, and we we've, we've talked about this individual all season long. Of course, I'm meant referring to Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, top ten quarterback, uh, whom I dropped. Not according to you, whom I dropped. And whom you picked up. I sure did. And you saved and you toyed and you teased and you said, I'm going to play him when I play Dan. And you did. A little behind the scenes, Dylan was uh, doing a l- some mind games last week. He kept putting Minshew and then Winston every, every hour. hour. Just to, uh, I, I liked that strategy. I think it was making Dan think a little bit, but just to keep him on his Ultimately, toes. he played Winston and uh, not a great decision. So this, this was an eight point loss. For yes. You. Eight points. And this is where I come back to one particular player cost you this matchup, and his name is Jameis Winston. If we're saying one particular player, I'm saying Malcolm Brown. False. Because <laughs> Malcolm Brown didn't make any mistakes. Malcolm Brown got you his 40 yards. He just did what he did. Jameis Winston turned the ball over six times. Yeah, I'll give you that. That's 12 points. Two points for every interception he threw. You lose two points for his fumble. Jameis Winston has a serviceable day without those mistakes you win true with my track record with quarterbacks that's the highest a quarterback has 18 scored points for me. is great that's but great 30 for me. 30 would have gotten you would be great again it was a london game i it's, i tried to warn you yep tried to warn you but uh minchu didn't put up any points no. he put a good 4.6 so i'm glad i didn't play him exactly at We'd the end be of the day, a different conversation. Minshew any, would have lost. Yes. Any quarterbacks on the wire put up the amount of points that you would have needed to win that matchup. Oh, I know good. that. I know no. that our waiver wire is pretty sparse. Baker, I think, put up twenty-one, and that would have been only a three-point. Yeah. Diff. So no, there's nothing. So nothing that you could have even no. really done. You had to play with the quarterbacks that you currently had. Yeah, yeah. that was pretty much okay. just an L waiting to happen. The but, way the cookie crumbles, I survived my own personal bipocalypse. <laughs> uh, back to tied for the league uh, lead. Four, oh, yeah, and two. four and two, and David, you had a nice win this week. I did. David well. snuck a win. I uh, I stand in solidarity with the Steelers. We have the exact same record. Two we've, and four. We've had the same record. We're two and four, so I'm happy with that. There I'm not. In, I don't think I'm in last, which is good. You are not. No. Sweet. There's, okay. We have one guy who finally squeaked out his one and first five. Win. Okay. Just due to pure bad luck. Anyway, long story short, I beat you. You will now get to join me for a <laughs> do some power of physical activity. Um, and we'll see how that goes. Date TBD, much like Luigi's visit to David. Yep. Which still hasn't happened. That's okay. He's I mean, uh, training right now, so. I have now secured. Two wins. And I've beaten both of you. And we don't play each other anymore, possibly until playoffs. Playoffs. So, so no rice crackers for you. That's I it. will see you there, fellas. Uh, and that concludes our week six wrap up. And now we get to get into everybody's favorite, the most highly sought after segment on the show. This is round two. The second half of or the first half of the season has finished the fantasy season. And let's 
dive into some good, bad, and ugly. All right, so just to recap, the good players who have been performing at a very high level, been reaping the benefits if you own these players. Um, and then we'll take a look at kind of who their next three weeks are in terms of opponents. So I'll kick things off. Who their next three weeks are? Yes, who they play in the next three weeks. <laughs> Whatever I said, I don't know. <laughs> who they play. Who they play. Um, so my good, uh, and this this name isn't very surprising, however, given the circumstances, I think it's, it's important to point out, is Michael Thomas, uh, who currently sits as the wide receiver two in fantasy without Drew Brees, which is mind-blowing because of what everybody thought. Okay, Michael Thomas, he's this elite talent, but he also reaps the benefit of having Drew Brees, who is an elite quarterback. That's why he puts up the numbers he does. Teddy Bridgewater steps in. Everybody's concerned Michael Thomas is not going to be a wide receiver one. He's not going to be that elite talent. The guy is still getting it done, which I think speaks more to his ability uh, than it does having Drew Brees as his quarterback. And he may get Drew Brees back next week, possibly. I don't know. I think they'll go into their bye, give Brees another week off before rolling him back out. But tough matchup this week against the Bears. The Bears. Uh, but then gets the Arizona Cardinals. Then they have a bye, and then comes off the bye to the Atlanta Falcons. Hmm. So some juicy matchups for Michael Thomas. One or more of those games could have Drew Brees, but even with Teddy, I like the situation. I like what Michael Thomas has done, and uh, people were a little down on Michael Thomas coming into the season. He wasn't kind of those there was, you know, Hopkins, Devontae Adams, Julio Jones, and then Michael Thomas's name was kind of getting thrown around, but alongside like Juju. And right now, I think if you, if you were in a league where somebody made the decision of picking Juju before Michael Thomas, you should be kicking yourself in the behind. So Michael Thomas, very good. Very Sweet. good. Dylan? Very good. Very great. For me, someone who I was super hyped at the beginning of the season, Curtis Samuel, no S, but Samuels. I like, like to call him Samuels, uh, wide receiver 27. Now he's starting to get that connection in the Carolina offense and doing well under um, Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. Um, until, Allen. you know, Cam comes back. We're seeing reports that Cam's Alan. going to start practicing Alan. after the five week um, uh, against Tampa last week. Uh, four, four, four receptions, uh, one rushing yard. Uh, with one a rushing yard. One, one <laughs> rushing attempt. Oh, attempt. He had one yard. One yard. <laughs> so good. Uh, squeaked out twenty-three fantasy points. Um, got a um, a touchdown within those um, kind of attempts. Oh, my gosh. Are you farting? <laughs> no. I just was just sitting in the chair. <laughs> looks like Knees up to the chest. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, but, yes, um, he's on by this week. But his upcoming schedule is San Fran, Tennessee, um, and then Green Bay. It's not one I'm excited about. It's so tricky. I would caution you when you're playing him. Of course, a flex spot is okay, but – um, he is starting to perform better and better. He's gelling well, um, and he's someone to kind of watch in the upcoming weeks, um, especially heading into playoff season. Um, like week 13, you're looking at Washington and Atlanta, yeah. Seattle. Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. Here, here's what I'll tell you about Curtis Samuel. If you can – you might not be able to this week because of what he just did, but keep an eye on him. If he underperforms against San Francisco and Tennessee – Go to the Curtis Samuel owner and try and get him. 
Because starting in week 11, he gets Atlanta, New Orleans, Washington, Atlanta, and then the Seahawks. All very good matchups for a wide receiver. Um, the quarterback situation, I don't think it really Never matters. Uh, it could it, just get better. It could. Well, I don't know. I think Kyle Allen may be the better option for the Panthers. I would run Kyle Allen until the end of the season if I had the choice. I think so. So those matchups, which, like you mentioned, are now starting to bleed into fantasy playoffs, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind having Curtis Samuel on my team. And I'm okay saying this because you're not going to trade him to nope, me because you're a Panthers zero, fan. Zero chance. Uh, but if you're out there and uh, you know you want to try and make a trade offer, or take for a look. some reason he's on your waiver wire. No, you should no, no. He's 72% owned. I guess technically, yeah. There's leagues out there where he's not rostered. Um, Stash him. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Very good. Cool, David. I've gone with Jimmy G. Hey. Jimmy G. Quarterback 24 right now. Um, I know that there was talk at the start of the year that that knee looked like it was bothering him. Mm-hmm. I think he's improved pretty much every week. He's looked better. The 49ers are undefeated still. Wow. So that is something I think that you got to look at when you're considering potentially playing or picking up Jimmy G. Um, he hasn't had as many weapons as people thought he would at the start of the year, but always depends on Kittle. I think he's mobile too. He can run. But he hasn't. Like I'm just looking <laughs> at his rushing stats since – I don't know, like week two, four attempts for eight yards, six for three, four yeah. for negative three, five for four this week with the touchdown. He's not running the way old, like yeah. beginning of season last year, Jimmy. I G went with did. Jimmy G because I think you'll see a steady progress each week with him. Yeah. And his schedule only oh. gets easier. He's got Washington, Carolina, and Arizona as his next three weeks. Ca- Carolina probably being the most difficult game yeah. in that equation. But with how good the 49ers have been, I think Jimmy G is worth a shout. He's been good, and I think he will get better. He gets he gets Arizona twice between mm-hmm. weeks 9 and 11 with the Washington matchup, another Seattle matchup. Yeah. And 49ers are contenders now, so. And don't let the rankings skew it either. I mean, he's already had his bye week. Yeah. Uh, so, again, there's another player if you can roll him out. I'm not intimidated by any of these matchups to not play him at all, maybe at Baltimore. Um, but to your point about the weapons, his receiving options haven't been exploding mm-hmm. to the point where you see his numbers not being north of 20 every week. Yeah, he's put up some pretty average numbers in the last few weeks. I think the defense is helping the 49ers get it done right now. Yeah. But Jimmy G looks healthy and he looks ready to go. So if some of those wide receivers start yeah. to pull their weight a little bit more, his numbers could skyrocket. Yeah, in a two-quarterback league or in a matchup specific, I think you can roll him out with some confidence, especially those Arizona games and, and this week against Washington. Mm-hmm. Let's look at some bad, bad boys. Bad boys, bad boys. Speaking of which, I just saw a picture of Ramsey in, in L.A. Rams gear. Ooh. Looks fierce. Looks how ready do, to go. How do we feel about that, Dan? Hey, good for him and good for, good for the Jags. I mean, they, they were at an impasse there, I think. And, and as a Jags fan... Yes, trying to, to come to terms with it in my own mind. He is an elite talent, uh, but he wasn't happy. And at that point, you're not going to play to the level that you're capable of. They had to move him. That wasn't going to be remedied. You get, oh, that's yeah, pretty nice. Pretty Looks nice a bit photo. like Fetty Wap in this picture. Oh. <laughs> now, Dan, now that Jalen Ramsey's not on your team, I have a question for you. Yes. Who is the best cornerback in the league? Jalen Ramsey. Oh. Still. Yes. Better than Sherman. 
they're they're very different players. Uh, I I no, I will still say that Sherman also only experienced like the uptick again this year. Like he had a bad couple of mm-hmm. years looking back. I think he's had a little bit of a revitalization under the 49ers. What what Ramsey can do to opposing players is different than yeah, what oh Sherman yeah. does. Yeah. Um no, and I, I still think he is I say Ramsey is hands down the best cornerback yeah. in the league. Yeah. I have very little knowledge in that. Okay. So that's why Thanks I'm asking. for asking. Yeah. And I I purchased the right Jags jersey there and Leonard go. Fournette. So that's... we had that debate earlier Great in the decision. year. Until he gets traded next year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So on to the bad. I'll start here. Yeah, go for it. My bad is Melvin Gordon. Mm. Currently RB72, which I think the holdout impacts a little bit. Small sample size with what he's done so far, but Atrocious. I've seen Chargers fans turning on Melvin Gordon. Chargers I, don't even have fans. They're all yeah, Steeler fans. Yeah. I just don't think Melvin Gordon has looked very good. I think with what Eckler did in those first few weeks, he looked pretty solid. And even in the game last week against the Steelers, I think Eckler outperformed Gordon for sure. Well, they have a problem there now because you feel obligated to roll out Melvin Gordon. Oh, yeah. Especially if you're somebody that drafted him mm-hmm. that was waiting those six weeks for him to come back. Even the team. I'm, I'm talking about like oh, the yeah. actual team. And the yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, I'm going to start Melvin Gordon mm-hmm. over Austin Eckler, even though Eckler's been producing. Mm-hmm. Now you're struggling in the running game. And it doesn't get any easier for no, Gordon. Tennessee, Chicago, Green Bay is the next three weeks. Uh, some questionable matchups in there, but I think he'll struggle in that Chicago and Green Bay game. So would you guys either trade or keep Melvin Gordon at this point? I'd give it a little bit longer. We've only seen him for two games right now. I mean, if you if you can go and get Melvin Gordon on the cheap because of that, mm-hmm. maybe the owner's a little bit scared. Maybe, depending on where they drafted him, they may have other options. Because back in our... In our full PPR, um, back-to-back, he's posting 7.8 fantasy points. Yeah, it's not... It's not someone you're looking for in your RB1 or 2 category no. at all, so... But late-season playoffs, would I like to have Melvin Gordon on my team? Yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. So... Dan, who do you got? My bad to date... To date? So far, uh, is David Montgomery. And we've, we've brought his name up a couple times... Uh, we've spoken to the situation with the Chicago offense. Monty Cheese. Yeah, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah, Montgomery, Montgomery Cheese. Cheese, which I still don't know what that is. Um, it's great. He is currently the RB36, which is much lower than where you anticipated he would be. Um, but I like the next two matchups. Kind, He gets the Saints, then he gets the Chargers, and then he gets the Eagles. Don't love the Eagles matchup. Uh, the run defenses from the Saints and the Chargers are kind of middle of the pack. So I think if this ground game figures itself out, they may get Trubisky back this week. He's practicing. Um, between, Do you start Trubisky? No, 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 no. Him or Chase Daniel, you don't, you don't start. Even in like, even in two quarterback leagues, I got to imagine there's you can start somebody other. Start Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Not this week over the Bills. That'd be great though. Um, Dave Montgomery, yeah, they just haven't figured it out yet. His usage keeps going up, but his scores aren't going up, and he's not – they're not running the right type of plays, I think, for him. I don't know. He may be that this year's version of Royce Freeman, where he went kind of high in drafts. The They were preaching his name in the preseason, um, and it just hasn't worked out yet. He he just hasn't quite figured it out. Matt Nagy hasn't really figured out how to use him properly. Uh, we'll see. I think there's some opportunities next two weeks to right that ship a little bit. 
I have to roll him out in one league this week. Uh, so we'll see what happens. Dylan. Cool. You're bad. We're all we're all bad running backs this, this time around. I'm taking a page out of your book. I'm taking two the people. Twofer. The two for one. Um, we, alluded, we alluded to this at Good the beginning. Uh, Damien Williams and LaShawn McCoy. That timeshare is not something that I love and not many fantasy owners probably love. And it's it's risky because they could do well, they could not. But they're also not doing what you expect them to do, especially their projections. Like it's not something you're kind of looking and trying to yeah. kind of buy into. Um, of course, RB42 and RB25 on the season respectively. Um, coming up schedule, Denver, Green Bay, Minnesota. Like that, it's it it's not good in a kind of a bye week scenario. Yeah, play them for me. It's someone I have to consider playing. Um, but do you play him? Do you keep him for the long term? No, I would be looking for suitors to see if you can sell him at this point. Um, It'd be tough to do. It's it's hard to let go of someone that's on such a high scoring offense. Um, but at the same time, someone that's not scoring yeah. as highly as you need them to. Well, I think McCoy's easier to, to get rid of or to trade away because of where you drafted him. And luckily right now he is performing a bit better than Damian Williams. Where you drafted Williams, you need to have some running back depth. But, I mean, hey, there's there's an interesting proposal. Would you flip either of these guys uh, to get somebody like Curtis Samuel if you have enough running back depth? I think you might be able to look at something like that. Um. Yeah, don't don't love either of these guys, and I know there's injury concern with Damian Williams. He is often banged up, and we talked about at the top of the show kind of the concerns around McCoy and his blocking ability. So, not uh, not the situation I think anyone anticipated in the Kansas City backfield this season. And lastly, the ugly, right? Ugly. Ooh. Dylan, let's start with you. Yeah, I'll just keep going here. So. Again, running back, I'm going to talk about Malcolm Brown. And uh, we all saw that Gurley was not playing last week. You were loving uh, that. I was hyped. I was ready to play Malcolm Brown. Ran to I that played wire. him. You picked up Malcolm Brown. No, I always ha- I nope. had Malcolm Brown. Had since Malcolm the beginning. Brown. Um, ran to your bench. I went to my Malcolm bench, Brown. yes. <laughs> Put him on there. Uh, some people ran to get Darrell Henderson because they knew that he was going to get uh, some time shared with Malcolm Brown. But Malcolm Brown, you, you're thinking, yeah, he's going to get the most... He got nothing. He got four point. I don't know. Our intern will let us know. Four points. Oh, solid. Just a solid 40 four. yards. No catches. Four um, points. Again, you're looking at the matchup. Tough matchup at that point, but you're also looking at his schedule ahead. Atlanta, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, not but, Pittsburgh. I wouldn't roll him out against. And with Gurley returning. Yeah. Likely. Yeah. So, it all hinges on Gurley. Yeah. M- Malcolm Brown is someone you kind of keep on your bench for now. Maybe this upcoming week he might play again. He might redeem himself. You never know. Yeah. It's a risk that you need to be willing to take. If yeah. it's a, um, I don't have anyone else but Malcolm Brown to play at running back. Yeah. Go for it. It's, it's a. I hope you have other options other a, than just Malcolm Brown. It's a crummy spot to be in, but if you didn't kind of draft your running back accordingly, um, just beware that yeah. he might put up that maybe less, maybe even less. You never well, know. Well, if back, yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, how about you, Dan? What do you got? Uh, I'll let David go first. All right. He, uh, mine's a larger picture. Mm. Okay. So it hurts me to say it, but I'm going with Juju Smith-Schuster. Ugly. Um, ugly. And we've had some conversations in the past couple of weeks about does the quarterback impact Juju's performances? I think there's an argument to be made that if Ben 
was still playing, didn't suffer that injury, Juju's production would probably be a little bit better at this point. Roethlisberger has that ability to scramble in the pocket, find his wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I think they would have targeted Juju a little bit more. He spoke very highly of him as a number one wide receiver before coming into the season. He went down, Rudolph came in, the play calling became super conservative. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, They weren't really throwing that deep bomb yet. Then Rudolph goes out, Hodges comes in, again, Connor really stepped up. They were running a lot, and Juju just hasn't been targeted at all. He's not even putting up average no. numbers right now. No. He's, he's he's at that point where you need to seriously consider keeping Juju on your bench. Yeah, it's it's one of those situations. Yeah, if somebody was ever willing to. I don't know if they would be. Yeah, but Again, and, and I think we talked about this, David, off, off air. What you're getting for Juju currently is is you're taking a loss. Because of where you drafted him. No one is giving you second round value for Juju Smith-Schuster. No. So I think you need to package him with another player to possibly get some kind of value return. Which he's hurts on, to even think about. He's on buy this week. So again, no one's no one's giving you much this week. Yes, he comes out of the buy and gets the Dolphins. So maybe and maybe. But um, still, that's your best time to sell high. Well, I think you, gotta, you almost have to wait for after that game. I would be selling him for the Dolphins so people will look at that schedule and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, it depends if somebody's smart. If they're looking at the rest of the year and looking at the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh right now, they might not pick him up just for that Dolphins game. Steelers still do have some tricky matchups before the end of the year. Rudolph should be coming back after the bye if everything goes well with the protocol. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. And there's another situation similar to San Francisco where the defense is playing out of their mind. Pittsburgh doesn't need to put up a lot of points mm-hmm. to win. They can run the ball. They yep. can slow play that game. Um, and I think that's going to be their offensive identity moving forward. Lastly, wrapping it up, uh, my ugly is the Browns offense. Oh, I love it. Less one Nicholas Chubb, who has been basically carrying this offense uh, on his back. But everyone else, Mayfield, OBJ, Landry, Landry. they don't even really even have a tight end because Njoku's hurt. Uh just not performing good they're not functioning uh chubb seems to be able to put up good numbers every single week he had another 30 point week uh this past week even in a loss against the seahawks it's concerning the defense is allowing a lot of points which was not the expectation coming in people expected them to be quite imposing they're on bye this week. Maybe a chance to fix a few things. But coming out of the bye, they get the Patriots, the Broncos, and the Bills. So three good defenses. Uh, very tricky. Yes, there's the likelihood of, well, you, they will get Kareem Hunt back week 10. Is that for sure? That's when he is eligible to, to return. Okay. Um, and I know, David, you said, well, maybe they use Kareem Hunt as a change of pace or just, just inject something else. But... I think they need to be careful, and, and I hope they're mindful of this. What they have working for them is Nick Chubb. If you go and detract from that and now change up his flow with Kareem Hunt, uh, I think they might be doing more harm than good. I think rolling Kareem Hunt out as another pass-catching option, yeah. maybe running some two running back sets, which you don't see often, maybe they can get something else going in that offense. But I'm fearful that they start slotting him in and, and using a committee, and now it, now it hurts their run game. It depends, I think, what their record is by the time he comes back. If they continue losing games, you're going to see Kareem Hunt go right back into the lineup. 
you think? Yeah, I do think just because they're going to try to look for anything that will make their fans a little bit more optimistic. I think if Chubb was taking that role, and I mean, he has been, but if they were winning games. He's the RB6. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I I see them slotting Kareem Hunt right back into that lineup. We'll see. I could be wrong. It'll be interesting. Not, uh, I mean, if you own OBJ, I think you're still playing him regardless. I don't think he's juju level yet where you're, you're considering benching him. Jarvis Landry is matchup dependent. Uh, and Baker Mayfield, for the next three matchups out of their bye, leave him on the wire, and I wouldn't even be considering him in a two-quarterback league. Before we head off, same question for these guys. Jarvis Landry, trade or bench? I don't know if anyone would really be willing to take. I mean, if somebody was going to give you some good value, I would have no problem trading trade Landry. What about you? Yeah, I mean, look at your team. If you need wide receiver depth. So just Landry, and then I'll ask OBJ after I don't know if I'm if I'm going at like I would rather try to go get a Curtis Samuel than Jarvis Landry, um, and if somebody came to me with Landry in a package, it depends on what they want. But how about it, OBJ? I wouldn't take OBJ in a trade unless it was an absolute steal. But well, you don't take anyone in a trade, so no. you don't count. No. So no trade for you. So, so just don't bench. ask me. So Come back bench. one year. Um, yeah, I mean, I would listen to offers that include OBJ. I'm not an OBJ owner. Um, again, the next three weeks are not great, so I'm not going to be paying name value or face value for Odell Beckham if somebody came to me this week. Um, beyond that, okay, they they get a little bit easier, but not worth it. Yeah, it depends. It depends on the offer. I mean, I'll always listen to trade offers, but it just depends on not David though. What's going on? Doesn't matter. Nah. Don't well, trade. Well, that's been another episode. This is Dylan, David, and Dan, and we'll catch you next week. Catch you. Catch you. Catch you. We're catching. <laughs> catching fades.